If you're a parent, teacher, or school leader, and you're sick and tired of the frustration, anger, and unfair treatment of children at high risk in our public schools, then perhaps it's time for all of us to do something about it. In this podcast, Dr. Amitra Berry brings you tips, tools, strategies, and tactics to build successful solutions while touching, moving, and inspiring all of us to transform our schools so that every child thrives. Here's your host, Dr. Berry. You know, a state takeover of a local district is often more of a blueprint for the economic and political disempowerment of Black, Brown, and Blue urban centers. Welcome back, Equity Warriors. Thanks for tuning in. Here's a thought. What if the federal government could take over a state because it didn't like some skewed data it saw? We wouldn't stand for it. But since New Jersey took over the Jersey City schools in 1989, there have been over 100 state takeovers of school districts. Over 100. Here's some of the biggest. In the 90s, it was East St. Louis and Newark. In the early 2000s, it was Detroit, Philadelphia, Flint, Oakland, and New Orleans. In the teens, we saw Gary, Indiana, Camden, New Jersey, and Providence, Rhode Island. And now, post-COVID, Jackson, Mississippi, and the Houston Independent School District. Independent. Right. So let's talk about a state takeover. What is it? Well, when a state takes over, assumes control of a local school district, there are things that trigger a review, perhaps, how states determine which districts might be taken over. Typically, they'll appoint a superintendent or recovery officer. Yes, appoint a superintendent, which means that the superintendent you had gets the boot. They will remove or replace the local officials. The people you voted for are removed from office and they appoint a school board. It's not a democratic process. Local elected officials are stripped of power. Community members, you are stripped of your voice and your vote. So why does it happen? Well, most times they'll talk about academic underperformance, persistent low test scores and low graduation rates. It may be financial trouble like mismanagement, debt or corruption. Sometimes there are issues of governance. You may have a dysfunctional school board or dysfunctional leadership. And sometimes it's safety concerns, like there are unsafe learning environments for students. But don't let me get started on that one, because with school shootings happening the way they are, shouldn't states take over all districts if that's going to be their logic? Anyhow, when a state takeover happens, usually there's from the state level, this appointment of a state administrator or recovery officer, and ideally, what they say they're looking for is restructuring, um, but you may have some school closures, you may get new curriculum, you may have a lot of people lose their jobs. But go back to my list, my list of schools, high profile districts that were taken over. Notice anything in particular about those cities? Maybe you weren't paying attention. So check this list again. East St. Louis, Newark, Detroit, Philly, Flint. Oakland, New Orleans, Gary, Camden, Providence, Jackson, and Houston. If you didn't get the visual there, these cities are all black and brown and blue. So I'm going to talk about Houston ISD specifically, as you know, or now you'll know, Houston is where I live. This is my city. 
And while I never taught in Houston ISD, I vote. Now, Houston ISD is not a small district. It has 274 schools, 274, nearly 187,000 students. It is the eighth largest district in the United States. 187,000 students, that's larger than many cities. It is 62% Latino, 22% African-American, 4% Asian, 9% white. About 100 languages are spoken within that district, within this city, which I think is a beautiful thing. The district is 79% economically disadvantaged, free and reduced lunch, Title I. And it is not, it is not one of the lowest performing districts in the state. How about that? There are 113 C-rated districts in Texas. Texas has an ABC um, system of grading their schools. In 2022, there were 113 C-rated districts. Houston was not one of them. Houston was a B district in 2022 and in 2019. Of course, there were no ratings during COVID. So the last two years of rating, it was a B district. And if we look at the other nine of the 10 largest districts in Texas, we have Dallas ISD with 145,000 students, 50 less than Houston, El Paso ISD, Cypress Fairbanks, Northside, Katy, Fort Bend, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio, and Spring, the smallest of the 10 largest with only 33,000, 187,000 in Houston ISD, 10th largest district, 33,000. That's a huge gap. Some of those districts also had a C year. Houston didn't, but some of those did. And only one district, KDISD, was an A district. So not a failing district, but a district taken over. I was working with Houston ISD when they were forced to absorb North Forest ISD back in 2013. That was a failing district. I was providing a PD to teachers after school the day Oakland Unified was taken over and teachers were told they wouldn't be getting paychecks that day. I will remember that day forever. I've worked on literacy initiatives in 10 of those 13 districts before, before during and after takeover, the 13 districts I named at the beginning of the show. I've seen the good that can happen when we truly focus on doing right for the learners in those districts. I saw that in Detroit public schools. I saw that beginning to happen in Philadelphia. But unfortunately, that good has always been disrupted by appointed officials or who are beholden to some interest, some political relationship that has nothing to do with student outcomes. The decisions that are made about money and power have nothing to do with academics nothing to do with student achievement. And shouldn't student achievement be the goal of our schools? More and more often, these state takeovers are being led by Republican governors in majority Republican state legislatures. Got to call it what it is. It's a red thing. Such is the case right here in Houston, Texas. Houston is a big blue dot in a big red state. Did HISD have some failing schools? Sure. Out of the 274 schools in HISD, about 20 or so were failing. I didn't pull the number, pardon me. But a lot of other districts had failing schools. And as I mentioned, 113 other districts were C districts, while Houston was a B. But okay, let's put politics aside for just a second. What about the research? Let's go with the science, right? 
School districts that are targeted for takeovers are overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly in majority Democratic cities with mostly Black student populations and Black political leadership. Hmm. Houston, check and check. About 85% of state takeovers across the country, 85% affect majority Black and majority Latino school districts. Why is that? School districts that are governed by and serving a majority Black population are 11 times more likely to have the local school board abolished by the state than majority white serving districts, stripping you of your voice and your vote. And while, yes, many of the schools that are districts that are taken over are low performing, the science, the research tells us that academic performance plays less a role in predicting takeover for districts that are serving larger concentrations of African-American students. And then based on data and a study that used cross-state comparisons of student outcomes to estimate the effect of takeovers that happened between 2011 and 2016, researchers found no evidence, zero evidence, that takeover generates academic benefits. It doesn't help the kids. Takeovers are disruptive in the first years of takeover, particularly to English language arts achievement, to ELA, to reading. There's a little less clarity further down the road, but in the beginning, it is disruptive and it causes lower levels of achievement. In at least half of the takeover districts studied over a period of five years, academic achievement gets worse compared to other schools in their state. So what do we do about it? Aren't there some other things we could do? Aren't there other waves, alternatives to state takeover? Sure. Why not have a partnership? a collaborative state district partnership. What's wrong with that? Get help in those targeted areas that are needed, but leave the schools that are performing just fine alone. Not every school in Houston was failing. Again, it was a B-rated district. What about targeting interventions in the schools that need the most help? Why not just do that? And why not have a little bit more community engagement and community consultation in the process? If states really, really wanted to improve student outcomes, they would require an increase in per-student spending and a decrease in class sizes. In Texas, specifically, they would end recapture. Now, maybe your state, your community doesn't have that, but here in Texas, they take local pro property tax revenue away from school districts to balance the rest of the state budget. Texas doesn't have a deficit. But Houston, a big blue city in a big red state, has very high tax revenue. If states really wanted to end to improve student outcomes, they'd look at funding systems like California's that are truly equitable, a system where the dollar follows the child, but all property tax revenue goes to the state and children receive allocations per pupil funding based on a number of identities. So the more, I hate to call them risk factors that a child has, they get more money if they are foster, Title I, emergent bilingual, special education. That makes sense. That is equitable. So shout out to California. And I believe Tennessee is the second state that's implementing a system that's very much the same. So what do you do? Get involved. Stay involved. I'm going to say this every show. Vote. Register to vote. 
register, help someone else register to vote and vote like your life depended on it, especially in your local elections, your school board, your mayor, your city council. Go to a local school board meeting. Some of them are quite entertaining. They are always very informative. And then advocate through social media. Follow me across my channels and repost, and then continue to join me every week. Connect with me on social. Use the links down in the notes. Send me your questions, topics, requests to info at AskDrBerry.com. And you know, I'll answer those questions and I will bring you experts to help address the topics. Don't worry about the things you cannot change. Register to vote and vote so you can change the things you can no longer accept. And I'll see you next time. That's it for today's episode of the 3E Podcast. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value private VIP day with Dr. Barry herself. Be sure to head over to 3epodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Dr. Barry's gift. Then join us on the next episode.